what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Sin hardens the heart. The sin of religion hardens the heart faster than anything else. And it goes undetected many times because it hides under a form of godliness. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the Gospel according to St. Mark. The Gospel according to St. Mark chapter 3, move down if you will to verse 5. Mark chapter 3 and verse 5, and when he, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, Looked round about them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. He said unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. Stretch forth thine hand. Stretch forth thine hand. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this honor and this privilege that we have to minister to the people. I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, I realize that there are many needs And, Lord, there are questions out here among your people. Questions, O Lord, and needs, O Lord, that only you can meet. And, Lord, I'm asking today that you will anoint me today and help me today to rightly divide this word of truth, that the needs will be met and the questions will be answered. And, Lord, that your people will be drawn a little bit closer to you. Anoint them today to hear and to receive of your word. And, Lord, we're careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. And amen. In the first verse of this particular passage of Scripture, we see where Jesus entered into the synagogue again. I thank God that the Lord said in His Word that wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'll be in the midst. And today we have gathered here in this church, like many have across this nation and around the world, to worship God. We have gathered together in His name, and Jesus said that He would be in the midst. And whenever Jesus was in the midst, miracles took place. Whatever the need was, the need was met. If there were people that had a physical need, the Lord took care of it. 
If there were people that had a demon spirit, the Lord took care of it. If there were people there that needed salvation, the Lord took care of it. Oh, and let me tell you something today. It makes no difference what your need is today. And it makes no difference what church you've gone to. If those people have gathered there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, He is there. Reach out your hand by faith today and take what God has for you. Glory to God, because He is able today to heal and save and do whatever it is that you need. He is able to meet that need and take care of whatever the need may be. Jesus went into the synagogue again. Here we have the Son of God, perfect in every way, never sinned one time in word, thought, or deed, and He's going to church. He's going to church again. And he's going to church again. Well, you say, well, Brother James, he was Jesus Christ. He was the Son of God. He's supposed to go to church. And you ain't? Hello? I saw this on Facebook this week. Let me read it to you. If you're having sex outside of marriage, go to church anyways. If you're a drug addict trying to beat an addiction, go to church anyways. If you're confused about whether you are straight or gay, go to church anyways. If you have an addiction to anything, go to church anyways. Churches are hospitals for the broken. Even people saved aren't perfect. It doesn't make you a hypocrite to go to church and do bad things. It makes you a hypocrite when you do them and claim that you aren't. Do you know how to break an addiction? By having people pray for you and pray with you. No need to be ashamed. Every single person inside those four walls have done things that they're not proud of. All of us have started somewhere. And some of us, me have a past that isn't great, and have done things we'd never say out loud. Go to church anyways. It may just be what changes your life. Read that this week on Facebook, thought it was good, liked it, shared it. But on this particular Sabbath day, the church house was full. People from the town, everybody in town was there. The balcony was full. The main floor was full. The choir loft was full. The deacons had to go out in the fellowship hall and bring the chairs out of the fellowship hall and line them up in the aisles to seat the people. People were lined up, standing all alongside the wall, side by side. They had to open up the windows because people had gathered outside to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. Because never a man spoke like this man. And the church house was full. I wish that were the case today. But by faith I'm going to say it, it's coming. (laughs) glory to God it's coming I'm believing God for it that day is coming y'all ain't seen nothing yet glory to God
all of those hundreds of people that had gathered to church on that particular Sabbath day. You couldn't look at them and tell that they had a problem. But everybody there had a problem. It was hid. It was hid because people know how to put their church mask on. Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. I said, people like to come to church and they put a church mask on and they smile and they hide what's underneath and they don't like to show people that they're having a problem, that they're struggling with anything. There, on the other hand, you got people, they got a mask for church, they got a mask for home, they got a mask on the job, they've got a mask at school. What do you mean, Brother Jane? Well, I mean, they act one way when they hear, they act another way when they dare. And everybody in the church house that Sabbath day had their church mask on. And you, and you couldn't see that they had a problem. It wasn't obvious that they had a problem. But there was one man there. There was one man there. He couldn't hide his problem. The Bible says, Mark 3 and verse 1, there was a man there that had a withered hand. This man made it through the song service, made it through the announcements, he made it through the offering, and nobody there knew that this man had a problem. Oh, but when the deacon said, let's all get up and shake hands, that's when his problem became obvious to all. And I imagine everybody in the church would walk around just like we do on Sunday morning. Good morning, how you doing? Good to see you. And as this man stands there and people are walking up to him wanting to shake his hand and he's trying to hide it, eventually this becomes common knowledge to everybody in the service. And the conversation changes from, good morning, how you doing? Good to see you. To, Did you see that man's hand? That man's got a problem. He don't look right. I know he'd been holding himself kind of funny during the service. I couldn't put my finger on it, but, but now I know what it is. And word begins to spread among the people out there in the congregation. And Jesus stands up to the pulpit and he begins to preach. And right in the middle of Jesus' message, he calls that man out. He calls that man out... In the hundreds of people that were there, the Lord points his finger at that man and calls him out in front of everybody and said, Stand forth in the midst. I can go ahead and tell you right now, that man was uncomfortable. He didn't like being called out, especially in front of all those people. Why would the Lord do that? Let me stop right here for a minute. i got three things I want to point out. He told this man to stand forth. Number one, every single one of us is going to have to stand before God one day. And right now, if the Lord calls you out now, while there is breath in your body, and you hear Him call you out, He's giving you permission to repent and to ask Him to be your Savior. And let me tell you this today. You can stand before Him now as your Lord and Savior 
Well, you will stand before Him later as your judge, but stand before Him you shall. You need to understand that. Called this man out, told him to stand forth in the midst. Number two reason I want to talk about. The Lord drew attention to this man. You see... The Lord had to address a problem. Now, this man's problem was outward. It it was obvious. But the Lord addressed this problem because there were people sitting out there in the pew that particular Sabbath day that had some problems that were hidden. And the Lord's going to use this man to show them folks out there something. You see, how, how can you fix a problem if you don't know you have a problem? See, so the Lord's going to call this man out and deal with his problem. At the same time, he's going to address, with, address some other problems that's sitting out in the pew. Another thing. Everyone the Lord called, he called them publicly. He's calling some of you out today. There's some of you under the sound of my voice. God is calling you out today. He's calling you to come out from among them and be separate. He's calling you to come out from that sinful lifestyle that you're living. He's calling you out. And this man, he's uncomfortable while he's being called out under conviction, if you will. But the benefits that are about to come to this man far outweigh any emotions that he's currently feeling. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? And there are other people in that church that need to see what Jesus can do. Glory to God. I I said the church needs to see what Jesus Christ can do. Now Jesus is going to address the pew out here. He calls this man up front, and he's standing there in front of everybody. But now Jesus takes the attention away from the man for a moment, and he deals with the pew. And he asks the question, Mark 3, verse 4, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Now, He posed this question because God gave the law to man to identify sin. And the Jews took the law and they made it into salvation. They made a religion out of it, which God never intended. And God created the Sabbath day as a day of rest, a day to worship God. But to these Jews, the Sabbath day had become a chore. It's something you do. And God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is trying to show the people something. And it's this. Living for God is not just keeping a bunch of rules and regulations. Living for God is a matter of right and wrong. It's a matter of good and evil. To have the power to do good. To set a man free. 
and not do it, that's evil, that's wicked. And Jesus Christ had the power. It didn't make no difference whether it was a Sabbath day or not. The man stood there, he had a need, and the Lord Jesus Christ was able to meet that need. And for religion to get in the way, that is evil, wicked. The Lord was troubling some people when he made that statement. The Bible said that the Pharisees held their peace. They didn't know what to say. And the Lord looked round about them with anger. Mark 3 verse 5. Looked round about them with anger. Anger is not a sin. Anger is an emotion. Okay? Let me say that again. Anger is an emotion. And it's an emotion that all of us are going to experience. Some of you experience it a little often than you should. But anger is an emotion, and anger is not a sin. It's what you do with that anger that can be sin. So the Lord was not committing sin when he looked upon the people with anger. Actually, there is a time as a child of God that you should get angry. The Bible says, Ephesians 4 verse 26, to be angry and sin not. Let the sun not go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Don't allow your anger to get you involved in something sinful and get you in trouble. There's a time when there are things going on and to not get angry, that is sin. Let me say that again. To not get angry over sin is a sin. It makes me angry when the government is constantly dealing with cigarettes and vaping pipes and regulating that, but say absolutely nothing about the alcohol that's killing all these people on the highways. You strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. It makes me angry when our military gets a command to go overseas and kill one terrorist that attacked our embassy. And the people over here get more upset over that one terrorist getting killed than the millions of innocent little unborn babies getting murdered here in our nation. That angers me. It angers me when I sit there and watch a young lady get an Academy Award. And instead of giving credit to God, she gives credit to her right to murder her unborn baby. And thousands of people sitting out there applaud such a statement. It angers me. It grieves me when I see such as that. The Bible says that Jesus was grieved for their hardness of heart. Sin hardens the heart. It don't make any difference whether you're a sinner man out here in the world or whether you're, 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 you're the super Christian sitting in church every Sunday morning. Sin hardens the heart. That's why the moment you do something wrong, you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, please forgive me. I'm sorry I did that thing. Please help me, Lord. But the sin of religion 
hardens the heart faster than anything else. And it goes undetected many times because it hides under a form of godliness. The Bible says in the last days, people would have a form of godliness, but denying the power of God. The Lord was grieved. As a Christian, when we get angered, when we see some of the things that are going on in our country, and we're grieved, how do we handle that? How are we supposed to address these emotions? Well, I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. Mark 3 and verse 5. He said, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand in an act of faith toward God. Take that anger, that grief that you're experiencing right now. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Stretch forth your hand to Him. And put that thing in God's hands. More can be accomplished that way than by you trying to take matters into your own hands and do things. Okay, let me move on. The Bible says that this man stretched out his hand and it was restored whole like the other. The Lord asked this man to do something that physically he was not able to do. God has told some of you to do something that physically you're not able to do it. But the Bible says we can do all things through Jesus Christ that strengthens us. Are, are you hearing me? If the Lord's told you to do it, then you can do it. You can't do it within and of yourself, but you can do it through and by Him giving you the strength and the power to do it. There's some of you in this place today, you've been through some things, and if it won't for the power of God, the power of the Holy Ghost in your heart and life, you wouldn't be able to stand it. But the Lord has helped you through some things, and it won't just because of you. The Lord helped you through that thing so you could help somebody else out. This man stretched forth his hand. And I can only imagine the response of the people in that church as that man stretched forth his hand and everybody in there seeing it. I imagine there were other people in the church that began to stretch forth their hand and begin to praise God and, and worship God. And you say, well, my brother James, I just don't believe in all that hand-raising business in church. Well, you're in luck, friend. Because the Pharisees didn't believe in it either. They got mad and walked out of the church. They stretched forth their hands to the Herodians. Who were they? They believed that Herod was the Messiah, the Herodians. The Pharisees, and this is strange because the Pharisees normally didn't have any relations with the Herodians, but 
Because Jesus did this thing and pointed out a problem in their life and they refused to, to, to look at that and address that, they got mad, walked out of the church, now they're going to reach out to the Herodians over here to get rid of Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people that are doing everything in the world to get rid of Jesus Christ. Their efforts are futile. Because you can't get rid of Jesus Christ. He'll follow you to hell and back if he has to. He'll deal with you. He'll pull at your heart. You cannot outrun Jesus Christ. But there are people doing any and everything in the world to avoid him. Why? Because Jesus Christ will call you out. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I said, Jesus Christ will call you out. He calls you out because there's a problem, and He loves you, and He can fix the problem. Glory to God, Jesus can fix it for you. I said, Jesus can fix it for you. Whatever the problem is, Jesus Christ can fix it for you. I'm going to close out with this question today. As the Lord calls out some of you listening to me right now, will you stretch out your faith toward Him? Or will you stretch out your hand against Him? The Lord's got good things for you. If God could catch some of you, He'd bless you. Stretch forth thine hand toward God today. program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 